0: This is The Edge with Jonathan Vontobel and Matt Eumanns on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: What up, folks? Welcome in. It is The Edge. You heard it. We've got a lot of good stuff to get to today. We begin, not like right now, but like today we begin our look into the Major League Baseball season. Division previews begin today, 15 minutes from now, NL West. I'm excited.
4: You're not excited? Not really excited about the baseball season yet. Uh, Maybe next week, middle of next week, I will be. Uh, I have started the research on it, man. I'm still looking forward to golf this weekend, uh, the Final Four, the Masters next week. You can look forward to all of these things. I have other things to look forward to in life than the start of the baseball season a week away. You can look forward to all of these things. Why, why, why Why do you have to cut one off or the other? It's too much. It's too much. And I have so much enthusiasm for golf and college hoops that there's, there's no space for baseball right now. You
3: struck me as a man with unlimited enthusiasm. that You uh, had
4: enough for everything. I'm not um, Anthony Robbins. Me. I, or JVT. Been, I, was say, I have a lot of enthusiasm. Huh? You do. Yeah. You have a lot of enthusiasm. Normally. It's like you're constantly... On a five-hour energy (laughs) shot. Hey, man, that's
3: that youthful energy, even though I'm dying inside because I have two (laughs) children. Uh, You know, you just got to project positivity forward. And uh, we, though, begin with the National Football League. You don't have brain space, right? I'm with you. Like, there are points where I'm just kind of like I dump out information from my brain because I'm like, there's only so much I can handle. NFL, though, continues to just kick us in the face with news Mm -hmm. and tidbits and things of that nature. So we have a lot to get to from the NFL. First off, the news, Did did you see this coming in? I don't know if you did. Sometimes breaking news passes you by. Bobby Wagner has a new home. Bobby Wagner has a new home. He's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And one of the yeah. best linebackers in the NFL is with the defending Super Bowl champs, the Los Angeles yeah. Rams, get Bobby Wagner. And it's, not, it's funny, I think I saw like a, there was a report earlier, it was like he was looking for like one year and, you know, $75 million, $7 million, something like that, you know, a cheap little price for a veteran linebacker. I, I believe it's five years, $50 million for Bobby Wagner.
4: I mean, that's, I didn't know the Rams had that type of cap space for him. I will
3: always say this because that, that's been the question, too, because you think about how much they have invested in key positions. Because mm-hmm. I, I, NBA, the NBA is the best example of it. If a team wants a guy – they will find a way to make it work on the cap, like whatever it is. And the Rams clearly don't mm-hmm. care about spending money or whatever it is, or war, you know, m- mortgaging the future because they won, they got the Super right. Bowl, and two, they are primed to get another one. So well, I agree with that million. approach
4: too, the win now approach. Because yep. if you got a team that's capable of winning the Super Bowl, uh, you go all in. The Rams got a little bit lucky uh, in that they won this uh, past Super Bowl, but. They do have a team in position to do it again. Bobby Wagner, I, I said three years ago, I thought he was the best linebacker in the NFL. I'd, yep. I'm not sure where he ranks right now, but he's still in that elite group. And that's a big pickup for the Rams. And it's a total rebuild in Seattle. I really wonder, and you, you know, you're know, you trying to get me fired up for the baseball season. I'm also uh, studying the NFL draft in addition to golf yep. and college hoops. I've been working on the NFL draft. And I, I really wonder if Malik Willis is going to be the guy the Seahawks see as a future of uh, their franchise at that position. Uh, Because I read a lot of uh, different mock NFL drafts from uh, guys who've been studying this stuff and who talk to league insiders. And sometimes you see Malik Willis in the top 10. Sometimes you see him as the last pick of the first round. So it's very interesting where he might go. But as you pointed out, And you're going to point out in this graphic here, he's the favorite to be the first quarterback off the board.
3: Yep, first quarterback selected minus 200. I mean, I figured those should be minus 500 after he helped that homeless guy out uh, outside of the NFL draft. (laughs) Adam Hill said that was legit. (laughs) <laughs> I I will never believe anything I see no. on the internet. Never. I will never believe anything. I, 100% I always
4: favorite. wonder this. When you see these videos and it's like crazy things happen or uh, something like that that's such a good deed by Malik. Well, why was somebody taping it? It's, why it's, was somebody across the street filming a homeless guy sitting on the corner? So there's, there's. I know you're not big on social media, but uh, there's
3: a website Reddit. It's a great social media site uh-huh. and they have a sub that is literally just called Why Were They Recording? And it's all sorts of videos that are great things, but the initial question is why in the hell you, were you recording at right. this moment? And I I would agree with that. Somebody sitting in there. Go. We've talked about this. You know, I'm not, I mean, it's the Zap Ruder <laughs> film of Malik Willis helping out a homeless person. He's a great in, guy. Sitting Where Across
4: the street, I'm just going to film this homeless guy sitting on the corner across the street. Hey, look! Malik record- Willis just happened to walk. Don't you up? ever record me? Let's huh? do
3: that after the show. Let me go find somebody to help. You're going to record me doing it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and somebody would say, "Why would why would you fake that recording?" <laughs> well, because his agent would want would see a huge boost and say, "Hey." This guy's character is off the charts. You know, Malik Willis is such a good guy. That could be worth a lot more to Malik Willis's contract and his agents if he goes in the top 10. And people think he's such a great guy doing good deeds for homeless people on the, on the street corner in Indianapolis during the combine. Yep. So, as we, we spiraled out of control there, uh, the, the thing with the Rams here is
3: now mm-hmm. we're talking about this in the, the big picture with Los Angeles very quickly. Win total of 10.5 or 11. Uh, the NFC all around seems pretty top heavy at right. this point. You get the Buccaneers,
4: who we'll get to in a moment because they had some news. Well, i tell you what, the AFC's got a lot of good teams yeah, you, got you got like know? 10 teams. Oh, you man. got 10, 12 I'm, teams. I for, think you got 12 teams. You got 12 teams yeah. for seven
3: playoff spots. Like It's going to be nuts that you know four of those teams are going to be left off the uh, cutting room forward, when all of a sudden done. Five of them, sorry, I'm not good at math. Um, but regardless, Rams. NFC West odds, plus 150. I I think you can make an argument that that price should shrink a little bit. We don't know what's going on in the quarterback position for the San Francisco 49ers to seem Mm -hmm. open to keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, but still want to move on to the Trey Lance era, the Cardinals and the offseason noise there, and then, of course, the rebuilding Seahawks, who you would assume would be in the market uh, for Malik Willis. I almost made a joke. That was probably going to be inappropriate, though, so I'm (laughs) not going to do it. Um, Now, the news about the NFC, which ties into the Rams here, because it does seem pretty top-heavy, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have a new look at the top. And that would be, of course, Bruce Arians right. uh, is no longer the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to move into the front office role. Todd Bowles will take over as head coach. And I made a massive mistake yesterday. So I texted you, and I said, oh, Brady's gone. And you responded with the proper response, which is, no, I think, I, I think you wanted Arians out, which makes all the sense of the world. Todd Brady retired because he didn't want Bruce Arians to be his coach. It's pure speculation. Mm-hmm. He didn't want Bruce Arians to be his head coach anymore. He agreed to come back if Arians would then move on. To a different role or off of, his, uh, off of it as head coach. So what happens, shortly after Tom Brady announces, oh, I'm going to come back. I'm going to play. Arians decides, I I want to pass the team on to my good buddy, Todd Bowles. I don't want to be here anymore, actually. And here we are, new look, to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about, close?
4: how about all the spin that's uh, being attempted by different media members and the Bucks organization <laughs> and people about this? I, Peter King was on this Follow the Money this morning with Mitch and Paul and said, you know, I'm not sure how this happened, but I don't think Brady's the type of guy to force Arians out forced a hand and say so you have to you have to um, move Bruce Arians to the front office or I'm not going to come back. Hell yeah, Brady's that type of guy. Are you kidding me? Of course he is. Uh, but also, if, if you've read a lot of these stories about Tom Brady's uh, thought processes and the motivations behind his decisions in the offseason, he was very unhappy with Bruce Arians at the end of the year. That definitely played into his decision to uh, call it quits. And he... According to sources, his plan was to be the GM of the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. All that fell through. The wheels were in motion for him to come back to the Buccaneers. I'm sure he made it clear that, hey, I'd love to do this, but I don't want Bruce Arians to be the coach. That's how it happened. I don't want to read all the BS out there, all the spin, that Tom Brady had nothing to do with this. Of course he had something to do with this. Mm-hmm probably had a lot to do with it. What
3: are you talking about? Bruce Arians Bruce was telling his wife the other day. He's, he's always wanted to just pass on the team.
4: They asked Bruce Arians towards the end of the season, are you coming back next year? And he said, yeah, of course. Yep.
3: Of course you did. There, <laughs> okay. was, an, there was an interview like a two weeks ago where he was talking. It was like it, it, he was talking to NFL Network, and they were like, you know, do you think if Tom comes back, we force his way?" He's like, no, nah, I want him to be my guy. He's my quarterback. Like, right. Of course. They didn't want Arians to be the guy. And, and look, it, it goes back to, too, I mean, at the beginning of their tenure together, Arians did a lot of throwing time, doing his usual Arians thing, right? You know, yeah. you can do that when it's like rookie Andrew Luck, who, you know, you're the offensive coordinator for, or all these other quarterbacks who, you've played, who have played underneath you. Mm-hmm. Now, when is arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and I'm sure Brady has had a meeting or two where he, hey, cut that bleep out, all right? Let's uh, let's move on from that.
4: And I actually liked that Arians was doing that because I think Brady, you know, needs to be coached hard. You can't baby the guy. put well, set him up on a pedestal, and you got to treat him like the other players. I think that sets an example uh, for the rest of the team. Uh, yep. I, you know, nobody in an organization wants to see one person babied or one person treated treated like a queen, right? <laughs> I mean, he's got seven Super Bowl rings. The rest he of, to be treated like the a rest queen. of the guys are. Uh, women in the organization can say, Hey, what the hell's going on here? Why is this person treated one way and the rest of us are treated differently? Nobody wants to see it. So I think Arians was actually doing the right thing by holding Brady accountable when he didn't play well. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would so. say in the big picture, yes.
3: But when the guy is Tom Brady and he makes it known that he doesn't like it, then sure enough, I think you get something like this yeah. where you threaten retirement, and um, unless you get rid of Guy X, which seemed to be Bruce Arians, and now here we are. So.
4: Well, the mainstream media wants to protect Tom Brady, and I, I'm not saying it's Peter King. I actually think Peter King does a pretty good job of uh, being a balanced, uh, fair reporter for the most part. But a lot, most of the media members, just like they're college basketball media members, for years and years, you got that arrogant, um, that arrogant slob for the Washington Post, John Feinstein or Feinstein, whatever his name is. All the guys like that are always trying to uh, protect Coach K. They're oh, lapdogs for Coach K, and they won't report anything negative about Coach K. You got guys like that in the NFL media, too, that are not going to write negative things about Tom Brady, right? Yeah. You don't, you don't want to tick off the king. So, uh, I, as a consumer, you just have to be a little bit smarter about that and realize that a lot of media members are trying to BS um, you about certain topics.
3: You know, I also saw there was some that was trying to make the argument, like, don't you downgrade the Buccaneers now? Like, no, it's it, you replace like, – at this point, with Tom Brady as your quarterback on that offense, right. he, head coach is, is a figurehead. You know, yes, every once in a while, like, you know, I, I've shown you the graphic before. Bruce Arians, I think, uh, either was worst or second worst in terms of win probability lost by running the ball. Like, his play calling was atrocious at sure, times. Sure, And so maybe that does change things a little bit with Tom Brady now having more control of an offense. So maybe that switches things up here a little bit. But I like think you're right about that. Team? Brady
4: wanted more control of the offense. Right. That's true. And also uh, – it's going to be interesting because Todd Bowles is not the most progressive decision-maker when it comes to no. uh, head coaches. So we're going to see how he's changed as a head coach. Hey, man, he got the most out of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick that one year, though. Remember? I will say that uh, the first in town, I believe, to put up the NFL division odds was Westgate Superbook. I know they're up at BetMGM now, too. We're going to take a look at these later in the show uh, by, by division and uh, break down some of the uh, surprising numbers or maybe best bets. Yes, so we
3: have all that and more. We have a, It's a potpourri type of show. We're going to get to the NBA at some point, too. Uh, but when we come back, we begin our look at the Major League Baseball season. NL West is up, so we're going to discuss all of the teams, the improvements there, maybe the best team in baseball. But remember, get everything you need to bet on baseball this season, 24-7 streaming, daily best feed emails and more. Only $19. That's our spring package. Sign up today. Get full access to VEASAN through the start of the baseball season, the Masters and the NFL Draft, 19 bucks over at Slash spring.
4: This is The Edge on vSEN, the sports betting
0: network.
3: Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness and Matt Humans Every day, choose from Wendy's stack starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. Ice coffee. It's the best. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and it's simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru. Pick up your Wendy's
4: breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. I love it. It's as good a breakfast as you're going to find in fast food. Maybe the best. Yes. I'm, yes. And I would not say that. If I did not believe it to be so, true so a lot of people a lot of people have uh you know taken the uh, i will say
3: this this is my I'm going to get on my pedestal really quickly. A lot of people have taken your fast food rankings that we did on the show together uh-huh. originally and run with it right now. Right. So, you know what we need from you now is your top fast food breakfast rankings. I think that mm-hmm. would be a very good category
4: a good subcategory to see top five we don't need a top twenty okay. I mean unless you can rank twenty places I, you know I'll be honest, there's not that many places I right. go to breakfast right. for fast food. I, I stop at Burger King. Yeah. In addition to Wendy's, I'll stop at Burger King, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A. Where else do you go? J and the B? Huh? J and the B? Jack in the Box? Yeah. Are you kidding?
3: No. Okay, so they're not going to be on the top no, five. I mean, no. it's, uh, what about CJ's? You say CJ's? Hardee's?
4: <laughs> no. No? I just reeled off where I go to breakfast. Oh, you That's gotta, it. I would where else say, do you go? I, I would think – I like, See, I love Denny's, but that's not fast food. No. That's a different category. That's Can I give America's you an assignment, by, by, by the way? What's that? Um, at one point, unless you've tried me, you've tried everything. Well, I'm busy doing research for the baseball season right now. trying I mean, to get fired up. I'm not, not sure out. if I have time, but what is it? Uh, go try a breakfast burger from Carl's Jr. Okay. Breakfast burger. What from kind? Carl's Just, a Just get a breakfast regular burger. Regular breakfast burger? Yep. Okay. I got a Carl's Jr. about one block from my house, so check it out. Yeah, it's, I would say it's very much worth it. Okay. All right, with that, uh, worth it? Laying the price with the
3: Dodgers to win the NL West? Let's discuss. So the Dodgers come in as a God's gift to baseball, uh, what seems to be uh, the best team we've seen on – what have you said before? Uh, a lot of people are saying – people are saying – Best lineup we've ever seen in Major League Baseball history with the Dodgers and what they're putting forth here. Uh, But rightfully so, they deserve to be favored in the NL West. The question is by how much. Uh, You're seeing the prices here. These are via BetMGM. The Dodgers, 225 uh, minus 225. The odds on favorite by a mile to win the NL West. A win total of 98.5 over at BetMGM. Looking around, Matt, how about this? Circa, uh, one of the higher prices that you're going to see here, not only minus 290 to win the NL West over at Circa, but a win total of 99.5 over at uh, the shop downtown. So and
4: I don't think that's absurd, no? really, when you look at the Dodgers lineup and the, and the pitching staff, because if you set that number any lower, I think you you are even some sharps are going to bet uh, over on the Dodgers win total because this team looks like it's so loaded uh, that it's destined to win 100, 100 games. Now, injuries can also yep. uh, change things quite a bit. But, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be betting the Dodgers under. First of all, I'm going to be watching Dodgers games. All summer, and I don't want to have to root against the Dodgers every night because I bet them under the win total right. and be annoyed for the next five months. So I'm not going to make that bet. There's two really stressful things that you could do that are bad for your health.
3: Betting like an Orioles season win total over and betting a Dodgers <laughs> season win total under. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
4: Those are like the two worst things no, you could possibly do. I could ruin do. your summer. Can every you imagine? Day, You're you like rooting for the Dodgers to lose or the can Orioles can to win. No, would <laughs> <laughs> be terrible. No. Now, uh, I would say,
3: uh, you you speak of destiny, I would think that Dave Roberts believes this team to be one of destiny. Uh, he did something. We have never seen a head man of really any oh, team. I don't recall in it. any sport do guaranteed a championship for his squad. He's on the Dan Patrick show. The Dodgers will win the world
4: series. If we play a full season and there is a, a postseason. Wait, we are winning the world series in 2022. So but I know where you're going with that. No, what We're do you win the world series this year? Put it on record. You are winning the World Series. We are winning the World Series. That's our focus. That's our goal. All
3: right. That's our focus. We are winning the World Series. Manager of the Dodgers, Dave Roberts, manager of a Dodgers team whose only title in recent history is the, as social media would call it, Mickey Mouse title where they played, <laughs> what, 60 games or so, and they won in a bubble. So the Dodgers will
4: win the World Series. Dave Roberts. Yeah, the Lakers and the Dodgers uh, both won titles in the bubble yeah. in 2020. You can put an asterisk by those if you want. Probably upset the people in L.A. who hear that. But uh, uh, I wouldn't necessarily put an asterisk next to it. I think, in a, in a sense, some of those uh, playoff games or the playoff uh, routes this team had to take might be a little bit tougher because they didn't have home court advantage mm-hmm. in some of those games uh, being the higher seed. I think it's uh, it's bold by Dave Roberts to do this. I'm not going to disagree with the strategy here because you want to show confidence in your team. Uh, I think that... As the leader, you say, hey, we're going to win. Put it on me. Yep. If it falls short, I'll take the blame. And uh, just set your guys to go out there and play with uh, knowledge that your manager uh, has gone out on the limb to say that uh, we're going to win the World Series. I think it's a little bit risky. It, it could backfire on Dave Roberts if uh, things go wrong. But, hey, he's got a new contract. And, uh, and he is feeling uh, – feeling bold, and, and let's, let's face it, when you got a payroll like the Dodgers got and the talent that they've got, they've got to deliver. At yes. some point, or Dave Roberts is going to be out of a job anyway.
3: So this is a really good team. Allow me to poke like very small holes in it. And, like, you sure. know, Because
4: you always got to split hairs. I, I see some flaws in this team. Yeah, the first
3: is going to be the back end of that starting rotation, right? We So there seems to be a suspension looming for Trevor Bauer, however long it's going to be. He's on administrative leave at this point right now. Is, is I think he's already served a suspension. Right. I mean, that's the report. So we don't know what's happening with Bauer. That's essentially it. So we'll see if he's going to be there. Right. I would guess, just given the fact he's on administrative leave and all this stuff, maybe an early portion of the season, he's not going to be. Time served.
4: Right. We'll
3: see. He has been been paid
4: throughout this whole thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, from a Dodgers perspective, I think that kind of sucks is that uh, you you haven't had Trevor Bauer in your rotation, but you still had to pay him. Dodgers used 19 starting pitchers last year.
3: Yeah. And and so that goes to my point, which is the back end of the rotation. They signed Andrew Heaney. You know how much I love Heendog, but uh, he did not do well with the New York Yankees. Right, It's a different ballpark, more friendly to him. Also, you would think maybe a better manager it didn't seem that uh, Boone really knew what to do with him at times you know bullpen putting him in in high leverage situations all these things so Heaney on the back end with Tony Gonsolin I think that's your first question the other is the back end of their bullpen Blake Trinan at one point was an elite closer And it seems like he's going to be the guy for them this year Mm -hmm. because now, of course, Kenley Jansen is with the Braves. But we also saw Blake trying to lose his job with the athletics and was part of a bullpen that had the most blows in baseball two years ago. So I think you question whether or not the back end of the bullpen is going to be something that holds up for them as the season goes along.
4: I do question that. You are correct. I question the back end of the bullpen. I also question the starting rotation a little bit because, like you said, we don't know what's going to happen with Trevor Bauer. Like the guy or not, hate what he did or not, uh, he's he's been cleared, right? Yep, uh, in the legal system, and, and hell, he's doing the athletic. He's he's he going is. full blown the other way now. Yeah, he is. So I think at some point he's got to be reinstated. Uh, so you look at the you look at the starting rotation right now. It's Walker Bueller, Kershaw, uh, Urias, and uh, the back end is Andrew Haney and Tyler Anderson. Now, if you add Bauer to that, that's a damn good. Uh, rotation you got a lot to work with with six quality starting pitchers. Clayton Kershaw's health is always a question mark at yep. this point, right? Yep. So even though it looks great to see Kershaw's name on paper, I'm not sure if you're going to see the results, and also the back end of the bullpen, I think is a potentially a big problem. It could be a big problem, yeah, not just something to talk about right now. It's something that Dodgers might have to really seriously deal with at some point this season. so if they this looks like the best team in baseball, I think by a significant margin, but there are a couple things that could trip up the Dodgers. Uh, I do think that they deserve to be odds-on favorites in NL West. If you see the BetMGM odds up there on the screen, Dodgers minus 225 to win the division. Padres plus 325, Giants plus 550, the Rockies and the D backs, <laughs> I guess, are long shots. Yeah. Rockies 80 mean. to 1 and the D backs 100 to 1. The win totals from the top Dodgers 98.5, Padres 88.5, Giants 85.5, Rockies 69.5, D backs 65.5.
3: And, and, like, now as you're looking at the division, now the next question is we can leave Rockies and D backs. I actually kind of like the starting uh, staff for the, the Diamondbacks. They have quite mm. a few arms there. So do the, I. Yeah, that you like. But. I think when you're looking at both the Padres and the Giants, the questions for them are obvious, right? One, um, Tatis is not going to play for the foresee- not foreseeable future, for sure. the first part of the season. So what their offense looks like without him, which, quietly, last year, they were about 14th, I think, away to runs created plus. They weren't as explosive as you would think. And their starting staff, you have a, who is you, Darvish at this point? There's a point where you yeah, Darvish no. looks insanely elite, and then he falls apart near the end of the year. It was flip-flop with Blake Snell. Snell couldn't stay on for more than three innings, it seemed, yeah. first half of the year, and then was elite down the stretch. Sure. And then for San Francisco, I mean, look, their, their projected. Starting lineup. How about this for age, average for their ages? Thirty one point six years. Thirty three, thirty five, thirty three, thirty five. Like this is an old. This is an old starting lineup. It projects to be for the San Francisco mm-hmm. Giants, who had a whole bunch of like surplus seasons cool. last year that came out of nowhere. What does the regression look like when you're coming back and running it back essentially? I don't season? know. That's
4: a good question. I, I don't. It's not going to look as good as it did last season. The Giants had one of those magical seasons where the stars aligned and everything went right, nope. and they won a hundred plus games. Uh, yeah, the Padres with Tatis out, that's a question mark. That You've got to like that staff. If, it, if everybody stays healthy, Clevenger, Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove could be a really good staff. The Giants had Alex Cobb. The Rockies, I don't see a whole lot to like there with the Rockies. Their staff is decent. Their starting rotation is decent, led by Herman Marquez. Uh, Arizona D-backs, is mad bum going to bounce back? Mm-hmm. Because the D-backs got a chance to be overachievers here. 65-and-a-half the win total. Mad Bum, Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Luke Weaver. And, and you got some other pieces there. D-backs got a young team. I think they got a chance to overachieve a little bit, so I might look over in the worst team there in that division and the D-backs. I do like the manager upgrade with the Padres with Bob yep. Melvin. Yep, absolutely agree there.
3: All right. Uh, well, we will have a division today pretty much until we get to the start of the baseball season. Uh, when we come back, though, take a look at the association. We'll update the numbers for the Final Four as well. Don't go anywhere. It's The Edge.
0: This is the edge on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: Are you ready? For a fresh start, and we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine, available in a variety of tastes and strengths. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at ZYN.com slash 10. That's ZYN.com slash 10. Zen Nicotine Pouches are only for adults 21 or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. And don't forget, warning, this product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical.
3: All right, we move ahead. We are going to get to the NBA uh, after best bets and whatnot. It's a short slate, but an interesting one in the association. Tomorrow is going to be freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. So I demand that we spend time uh, tomorrow. Of course we will, uh, But with that... We start to kind of take our big picture look at a lot of stuff, so we, we previewed the NL West. Let's take a look at some of these divisions in the National Football League as we get closer to the NFL draft, something that we'll start to pick up coverage on here on the show as well. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this, because of the divisions uh, right now, Matt, we have three, four, excuse me, that have odds on favorites um, to win these. The Cowboys, odds on favorite, a minus 125 to win the NFC East. The Packers, minus 175 favorites to win the NFC North. Bucks are well over $3 to win the NFC South. And the Bills, are $2 to win the AFC East. Of those divisions, which odds on favorite is the weakest, would you say?
4: Oh, the weakest? I thought you were going to ask me the strongest. No, no. no. Uh, you flipped the script on me there. Uh, the weakest, I think the strongest, I'll tell you, is uh, I, I believe the Buccaneers. Yeah. Well, and the odds will tell you that too, right? Over $3. Yeah, <laughs> obviously it's the number and also the fact that the Westgate's got the Buccaneers at minus three thirty-five 3 35 to win the NFC South, and I don't think the Buccaneers – are uh, dominant in terms of, uh, you know, you're talking about Super Bowl favorites, but look at the rest of that division. Could be pretty weak with the Mm -hmm. Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons. The Panthers still haven't figured out what they're doing at quarterback. Matt Rule seems like uh, he's almost a dead man walking at this point because if he can't figure out that quarterback situation, the owner has basically said, Matt Rule's out of here. The Saints, uh, you know, after Sean Payton moves on, a lot of loose ends had to be tied up this offseason. I think the Saints are in decent position, but I'm not crazy about them. And who knows what you're going to get from the Falcons with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. So I think the Buccaneers are in the strongest position. I'm going to say the weakest in terms of the – did you say the odds on? The division? odds on favorites. All right, I'm going to go Cowboys. Okay. Uh, I think the Cowboys – are always that team that's uh, volatile. They could. Uh, it's a boomer bust type of deal with the Cowboys in that division. And at minus one twenty five, I don't think they're that strong. I certainly would not lay the minus one twenty five here. I think the Eagles, the Commanders with Carson Wentz, and the Giants. One of those teams could <laughs> rise up and knock out the Cowboys. Uh, Amari Cooper's gone. I know that Jerry Jones said he feels better about where the team is now as compared to last year, but he says that every year. It's a bunch of BS. Jerry Jones is just uh, lying to himself, and uh, he believes his lies at this point. But the Cowboys, I think, are always on a little bit uh, shaky ground in that division. Uh, the Eagles would be the team. Obviously, the odds tell you that it's 7-2. to two. The Eagles are the team, I think, that could be surprisingly good. And we'll see how the draft turns out. Yep. But I think the Eagles can actually help themselves a lot in this uh, NFL draft next month.
3: Can I tell you something? I um, I find myself very hesitant to believe in the Philadelphia Eagles. Only, like, at some point, your quarterback's got to be able to win you games with his arm. And, and Jalen Hurts showed last year, right, that – The running game was fantastic, and Mm -hmm. it supported him to a great extent. And maybe they're just going to be able to run the ball down teams' throats consistently, and it's going to lead them to potentially a 10-7 record this year, and that's enough to win that division. But I think when you look at Hertz and his weaknesses last year, where he goes to that six-game stretch where he throws for under 200 yards in every single one of those games, going back to the way that we handicapped that Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost in the playoffs, which was he's not going to be able to throw on them. This offense is going to get pretty stagnant, and what happens? Exactly what happened in that game, and they were never really in it. To me, over the course of a season where you're talking about this offense now on paper for a full year, it just gives me a little pause as to how competitive Philly is because I think they are the second-best team in that division. I just think the gap is a little bit bigger than the odds would give you here at Cowboys minus 125.
4: twenty-five. We'll see, I, I think a lot of people are kind of writing off Jalen Hurts a little bit too yeah. soon, too. And I understand your point of view. i, I Basically, everybody's going to say the same thing. I'm a little bit pessimistic about Jalen Hurts as well, but I'm also going to keep an open mind about it because he's such a young quarterback and he's still developing mm-hmm. as an NFL uh, playmaker. He's got a lot of guys around him in that offense who can make plays too, and I think the Eagles are going to do a lot in this off season to improve their team and improve the offense around him. And that's why I'm, I'm not going to count him out. I remember, you know, a lot of. There are a lot of quarterbacks who are successful stars in this league now who uh, were criticized in their first two or three years. Oh, this guy's no good. He's not going to make it. And then they blossomed into a star. Oh yeah, it's happened a lot of times. So I still think there's an opportunity for Jalen Hurts to be a player and an established, uh, you know, quality starting quarterback uh, for the Eagles. So I'm just going to leave the door open there for the Eagles. But when you're talking about odds on favorites, uh, who else is vulnerable? on that list. It's a very short list. I'm looking at the Westgate odds. The Cowboys, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Bills are the only odds-on favorites yep. in their division in the NFL. You could say, well, the Dolphins, the Patriots could take down the Bills. Yep. Bills look pretty strong in that division, so you still got two quarterback quarterback for the Dolphins. Right. Uh, so Patriots, I, they're kind of just running the back from a year ago, it seems. There's not really any
3: big upgrades that they've made in free yeah, agency. I'd
4: like to make a case for the Patriots, but I haven't seen them do anything to get better in this offseason. Unless, right?
3: unless Mac Jones makes some massive leap in his second year, right, where it's like right. – hey, now we're going to trust you to throw the ball 35 times a game and spread it out and do all the – if that happens, Mm -hmm. then there's certainly a possibility that the Patriots push the Bills. But you just don't know if that's going to be the case.
4: I don't know if that's going to be the case. And and the numbers show you, too, that the Cowboys would be the weakest of the odds on the division. So it's not like I'm going out on a limb. But I'm always hesitant to buy the hype with the Cowboys. Don't believe the hype. It's kind of the approach I try to take with the Dallas Cowboys. For me,
3: I'll be very clear. For me, it's not believing in Dallas. It's an anti-NFC East. Stance for me when it comes to the Cowboys winning the NFC's and I won't be running to lay a price on a season long, you know, season long Cowboys uh, ticket either. And to your point, that's why I say I'm hesitant with the Eagles because there's uh, there's very obviously a universe in which Jalen Hurts comes out and he develops as a passer and Sirianni puts an offense around him that actually, you know, builds on his strengths and they become very good. So I would never want to throw him out at this point. Uh, when it comes to that. So from there, you look at the rest of these divisions when it comes to uh, winning these things. And again, odds on favorites, the one with the minus prices next to them, I would say two out of all of those teams we discussed. I think big picture-wise, my biggest question is, like the Packers, I think are going to stumble into an NFC North uh, win because of the division around them. But I have a lot of questions about what Aaron Rodgers wanted and what that team's going to look like. I mean, the wide receiving core is essentially stripped down. Adams isn't there anymore. And so he's throwing to his – the depth chart of wide receiver now is Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Amari Rodgers. Those are your top three guys. So what that looks like, and maybe they're going to draft a rookie wide receiver high, and Aaron Rodgers thinks that he can make that happen. But I just – I have questions about that defensively where they're – the majority of their pass rush is coming from. Mm-hmm. But the division, again, is just so poor that I think they deserve to be odds on favorites there.
4: Yeah, the Packers are weaker than they were uh, last season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But you look at the rest of this division, who do you want to put your faith in? Vikings? Can I do it again? I guess so. I had a 40-1 to 1 ticket on them to win the, the NFC? Vikings would be your only option. I, you know, the only thing about the Bears I can say is positive is that Matt Nagy is gone. Correct. Uh, you know, it's not like Khalil Mack was a playmaker anyway. Uh, So he's gone from that defense, but I don't really think uh, he's going to be missed. Uh, So the Bears, they they got a chance to be a decent team. But what what are the Bears at most? You think a seven-win team? Yeah. Um, Seven- or eight-win team if things really go well. Uh, And the Lions are still a long way away. So I think the Packers, you almost have to make the Packers minus 175 favorites in that division by default. Yep.
3: Now, the rest of these, as we're kind of looking around, I would say the one that sticks out to me, of course, is the AFC North and the Browns at plus 175. Mm-hmm. Um, only because, so, they deserve to be favored given the changes that they made. Right. But here's the thing. I mean, here's the headline. Mark Madden, don't expect a long suspension for Deshaun Watson. Six games. I
4: think, I think it's going to be six to eight games. Right, right.
3: But... That's six games. It could be for, four games. But that, this, these huh. odds are telling – plus 175. Yeah. You're going to take plus 175 for a team that's not going no. to have start a starting
4: quarterback for six it's games? It's Jacoby Brissett, by the way. That's yeah. a backup for the Browns. So you would be uh, betting your money on Jacoby Brissett for at least a month. I, I would think the minimum suspension is going to be four games. Yeah. By the way, have you watched some of these, uh, these videos of Deshaun Watson answering questions from attorneys uh, about the huh?
3: – That and the uh, press conferences in general, yes,
4: I have. Oh, boy. It's hard to watch, yes, it's hard to watch, very uncomfortable, anyway, you're kind of embarrassed for him
3: <laughs> I,
4: uh, I have thoughts that are they're not here for our sports, but he you never know, No, to know, but anyway, he's got to get that situation put put in the past and uh move forward and the uh, and the Browns could probably do that by mid season. I think it's maybe a little bit of an overreaction here to make the browns plus one seventy five favorites in the AFC North, and that's what they are. It's a Super Bowl. I would make the Bengals the favorites in the division. So if yeah. you want to bet that right now, I still think the Bengals are plus two tens where the value is here. They did sign three veteran offensive linemen yep. to help out Joe Burrow. And as Vinny, v Vinnie Vinny, said last week, that's not sexy, but it means a lot. Uh, for the Bengals' outlook in 2022, because you had to make that offensive line better. So, two things really quickly. One, uh, spot on
3: with the Browns, and future odds are always somewhat like predictive of liability, too, right? Like they're going to get a lot of Browns bets, so you probably make the Browns a slight favor just because you, you're, you're uh, preparing for that. The other is with that Bengals thing, it's why as we move into draft season now, we had that discussion, right? Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase, what are you going to do? It's a new NFL. You get, the, you get the wide receiver first. He's more impactful. Uh-huh. You can
4: rebuild the offensive line. I've said as you that go. forever. Yep. I've said that forever. You draft the, the high impact players in the top five. There were people top who were 10. pissed that they drafted Jamar Chase first. You can build your offensive line elsewhere. Anyway, props to uh, the Westgate Superbook and BetMGM for getting the NFL division odds up first before the NFL draft. Best bets on the other side.
0: This is the Edge on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Here's the best bet: the KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why his finger looking good. Ordered the KFC chicken sandwich today. How good does that look on that's the good, That's
3: good writing, by the way. Best bet leading into best bets. Yep, great promo material right there.
4: What's your best bet tonight in the association? Actually, uh, last night you had a winner with the Mavericks against the Cavs, right? And
3: and I have to say, so, again, this is why the market, it always, and I brought this up yesterday, it always, I guess, surprises me is the right Mm -hmm. term here. So, Mavericks minus three is uh, what I laid yesterday. So, the the official injury report comes out well into the morning, and Spencer Dinwiddie's listed on it because it's second leg of a back-to-back. He's not going to play. So, the market responds, and it's like, whoa, let's drop this by a point and a half. Well, I laid three knowing this. Spencer Dinwiddie hasn't played in back-to-backs this year. He's coming off of the ACL injury with the Wizards, he didn't do it. With the Mavericks, he hasn't done it. So that was expected going into the Cavaliers game if you've been paying attention. But because the market sees key player on injury report not playing, we got to respond. And so you drop it by a point and a half when you don't really need to. And so here we go in some spots close to and they got off to a slow start in the first half, but ended up pulling away, winning by eight. So the Mavericks win in cover on the road against the Cleveland team that is now 2-8-1 and, eight, uh, two, eight and one against the spread since losing Jared Allen to injury. Mobley wasn't playing yesterday either, so their entire defensive front court wasn't playing, and it showed in the second half. So... Mavericks minus three, win there on the road. Uh, We're going to go back to the well with the Bucs here. They're catching two against the Brooklyn Nets. They're on the road. Now, again, home court this year has been worth two points, a two-point spread in Brooklyn. would tell you that these two teams are equals. I do not believe that to be the case. I have Milwaukee rated as the best team in the Eastern Conference. They are better than the Brooklyn Nets at this point. And while there was at one point in that where I was kind of tempted – Uh, Like I was kind of, you know, have you ever seen the meme of the guy walking down the street with the girl, but he's looking back at the other girl that's seen that. So that was me. You know, the Bucks were the girl on my side, but the (laughs) Nets were walking by and I was kind of tempted. Uh But the more you watch Brooklyn and when Charlotte's cooking them defensively and they can't get a stop against the Hornets or you're playing games against the Portland Trailblazers where you're back and forth for three and a half quarters because you can't get a stop. That's that's troubling, and now you get a match up here with Milwaukee, who's going to be able to score on them and that defense. How about this? This is one of my favorite numbers. The most effective lineup for Brooklyn: Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Seth Curry, Bruce Brown, Andre Drummond. Offensive rating of one thirty point five. That's awesome. Mm. It's incredible. Yeah, their net rating is plus two point six. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Because they are so bad defensively. Bucks are playing really good basketball. They seem motivated going into the final few weeks of the season to get into good form, and they're fully healthy. Give me the Bucs plus two.
4: All right. Sounds good. Actually, uh, you won with the bucks earlier this week, too. Yep, I think Philly. on uh, – was that Tuesday? Y- yes, that was Tuesday in the Philly game. Yeah. One of the better games was, of the regular season. Yeah, it really was. Hopefully we get another block there from Giannis. Total in that Bucks Nets game tonight, 243 and a half. It
3: speaks so. to uh, what Brooklyn wants yeah. to do, right? They just want to score. And if they can drop 135, I even put it in today. If they, if they drop 135 points and they end up winning by three, then, you know, Godspeed, that's great. But I just don't think that's a, a realistic thing here when it comes to big picture and against a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. And then it stays the same here, Kansas Villanova under 133 for college basketball.
4: Yeah, same play I've got. Kansas-Villanova under 133, which is uh, something we've talked about all week. I think Jay Wright's got to make that a half-court game with uh, no bench. And uh, Villanova, a really slow-paced team anyway, and Kansas is much better when uh, its guards can get out and transition. So I I think under 133 is a good bet in that game. I also have a small play on Villanova plus five, but I didn't list it because it's kind of a hedge on the Kansas Futures I've got it eighteen to one and twenty to one. Also have Duke at ten to one and twelve to one. I'm going all in on Coach K. He's going to beat Carolina. Revenge of the Nerds for what happened March fifth in the uh, Coach K's home finale. Uh, Duke minus one eighty-five to win that straight up. Uh, Duke Kansas probably in the final on Monday night. But I'm not going to count out Villanova. I think uh, a lot of people are because of the Justin Moore injury. Uh, but I think plus five might be a decent bet in that game, especially. You, you talked about it yesterday. If it's a low scoring game, you got to like it for, from Villanova's right. perspective. If that game goes over 133, it's probably going to be bad news for Villanova.
3: More than likely, it is not Villanova winning like 75 to see, right. or 77 to 75 or something like that.
4: Uh, golf bets up there for the Texas Open. Abraham Answer withdrew last night. Wes Reynolds. Ooh, that was I, a popular play. Wes and I both had him 20 to 1. San Antonio resident. Uh, looked like a great play this week. Uh, he withdrew. So. I replaced him with Gary Woodland at 30-1. to But uh, Connors, McNeely, Hoffman, Woodland, we'll see how that turns out in the Texas Open. Got a bunch of Masters play plays and start talking about those a little bit more on tomorrow's show. Tonight in College Hoops, the NIT Championship, Xavier and Texas A&M. There were a lot of sharp guys who really liked St. Bonaventure against Xavier a couple days ago. What happened? Musketeers blew them out in the first half, held on to win the game. Texas A&M did come through for a lot of us in that second game. Mm-hmm. Sets up a Xavier-Texas A&M final. Buzz Williams, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Total of one thirty-seven and a half tonight at the Garden. Uh, I like A&M to win this game. Not crazy about laying the four-and-a-half, so I don't know if I'm going to lay the 190 or how I'm going to play this, but I think A&M is going to beat Xavier tonight. This Xavier team lost his coach. Lost uh, Paul Scruggs, who a lot of people would consider the top player on the team. Probably garbage at one point at the end of the regular season. And now all of a sudden on fire. So, who knows? Maybe uh, addition by subtraction. Get rid of Scruggs and uh, Travis Steele. And the Musketeers playing much better. I think Buzz Williams is going to win this game tonight. But uh, Oh, boy. That's it. Let's move on. I want to ask you about a couple of games in the association tonight. You ready?
3: Yeah, I'm ready. By the way, if uh, Buzz Williams win, can't wait to watch the uh, post-game press conference there. huh?
4: You know, I don't like Buzz Williams' non-conference schedule. You know, in that eight-minute speech he gave about I'm heartbroken for our players and everybody that we couldn't get in the tournament.
3: Alleged conspiracies. Schedule
4: (laughs) a better non-conference, okay? I'm not going to cry for you because uh, he scheduled scheduled a bunch of cupcakes in the non-conference. But I do think A&M probably deserved to be in the tournament at the end. I would have put A&M in over Wyoming. And, you know, I'm a pro Mountain West guy. I yeah. don't think Wyoming deserved to be in the tournament.
3: I can understand it. It right. was one of those where if either one of them had gotten in, I'm like, okay. Right? right. Like there was, not, there was not that much of a difference where I was going to go and take up the sword for, for, <laughs> right, for, right. for buzz there.
4: I don't think in the future the Mountain West is going to get the benefit of the doubt. Oh, not after, after this year. It's to going to take on. another
3: four. It, right. What was that? The twenty fourteen, fifteen season. It's yeah. going to take another eight years. It's going to take a while. No. The
4: benefit of the doubt is not going to go the Mountain West way after going on four. Oh, a couple games in the Association. I want to ask you about tonight: Clippers at the Bulls, Chicago, two point favorite, two twenty one and a half. The total. And how about this Lakers Jazz game? Oh boy, Salt Lake City tonight. Jazz laying thirteen and a half.
3: So starting with that, I. Um, I would say be wary of backing the Clipper magic after what you saw the Mm -hmm. other night. Uh, As I put in the piece today, there's a reason why they had to make a 25-point comeback the other night against the Utah Jazz. They weren't very good in the first half. Uh, An offensive rating in the first half of 104 against Utah, which is not very good. And the troubling part about it is, remember, they went into that game on a five-game losing streak. And during that five-game losing streak, their offensive rating, 106. So right in line with what they were doing in that first half. Paul George gets hot in the second half. Their defense gets a little bit better. And they're, of course, running away with the victory. But, again, today, look, remember, Nicholas Batum is questionable here. Marcus Morris is questionable as well. And it's funny how the market works. Sometimes the name will pop up as questionable. There's like a point adjustment in the other direction because you're freaking out because a guy might not be available. Here, this thing opened up. I had it at 4.5 at some spots. We're now down to as low as, I think, two in favor of the Chicago Bulls, whose only injury <clears throat> to note right now is Zach Levine, who's listed as probable. So I'm pretty tempted, actually, to lay this here with Chicago. The Bulls have not been playing well. For those who don't know, this has been a really long slump. They're 5-11 and straight up, 4-12 and against the spread in the last 16 games. But this sets up for a much better situation, I think, for Chicago, as opposed to the Los Angeles Clippers coming off a game like that. Now, the other side of this is, I mean, so Anthony Davis is doubtful. Wenyan Gabriel, how about this? This is the best part of the Lakers season. When Wenyan Gabriel is making headlines about whether or not he's going to play and he's questionable on the injury report, Jeez. this is where you know you're kind of in a troublesome spot. But I would just say this, like Utah's not at a point where you want to be laying, I think, this big of a number with them. Because this opened up nine and a half. And again, talking about the, the market, like we knew LeBron James was doubtful to play. Mm-hmm. Overnight was nine, immediately goes to 12 and a half when the official injury report pops up. And I just don't really understand why the market does things like this. No, I actually, did you think about laying the nine overnight? I, I, was, I thought about it, potentially, just because I knew that there was going to be some sort of a reaction. But I thought it was like, ah, it's going to get to like 10 and a half not the 14 where it's at right now in a couple of spots. That 114 right now is what it's uh, up at stations. I might grab 13 and a half, 14 with the Lakers here. And I, I get it. They haven't been playing well. But look, like Utah, they're still pretty banged up. In the month of March, the defensive rating of 114.4. They're 4-12 four and 12 against the spread themselves right. in their last 16 games. Been clearly overvalued by the market. And one of the key injuries that, again, and if Bogdanovich plays, then maybe you stay away from Utah here. But if he's not, they have not been playing well without him on the floor. It just—it seems like both of these games, the market's very much with what we saw last, which is the Lakers are scuffling, they're losing, they're going to be out of the play-in, and the Clippers just came back and they're, they're mighty and magical and Paul George is back. and I don't know if I believe in either.
4: Well, I will say this. Uh, on this show, we were the first ones to tell you the Lakers are not going to be a playoff team this season. Mm-hmm. We were also the first to tell you the Patriots are going to be good last year.
3: What else have we done right? Let's let's take the next. I'll take the next uh, For seconds. the
4: last two months, every day on ESPN, debating about what the Lakers' future is. We said two months ago, they're not going to be a playoff team. It's not going to happen. Uh, so the Lakers. There were
3: other shows that were telling you just get them in the bracket. They'll
4: have a chance. Exactly, Shaq saying if they get in, they can beat the Suns. Oh, I was talking about Paul Howard. Is that- oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know Paul said that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well,
3: Mitch lectured him. He shouted them <laughs> down. He shouted them
4: down. Good on Mitch.
3: Oh, we're done? It? We're v. out of here? All huh. right, yes. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, that's All right. right hey, it's a Friday. We got more baseball and lots of
0: other stuff. Stick around. Out of time.
1: Zumo Zumo Play.